This is the Savvy Parent Podcast, where lawyer and financial planning expert Shannon McNulty and her guests share tips on how to make smart legal and financial decisions for your family. On this episode of the podcast, Shannon is joined by Tarika Mills, CPA and founder of T3 Accounting Services. Tarika shares with us what parents need to know for tax season, especially with the year we just had and the changes that have occurred due to COVID and the new legislation that we need to be aware of. She discusses earned income credits, childcare expenses, college savings, and more, and the impact that those can have on your taxes. She also helps clarify tax credits versus deductions and shares some of the usual deductions for parents, as well as those you may not be aware of but want to know about. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Tariko. We're so glad to have you with us today. Thanks, Shannon. So why don't you tell us about, uh, I understand you're an accountant, you have an office uh, both in Harlem and in Long Island, I believe? Yep, that's correct. So, uh, yep, my name is Tarika Mills. I'm actually a certified public accountant licensed with New York State, and we do have two office locations, one based in Harlem, which we've been for the past seven years, and then a more newer location in Amityville, Long Island, which is really cool because I live out in Long Island now. Great. So why don't you tell us about the types of clients that you help? Sure. So our firm is T3 Accounting Services. And again, I'm the founder of the firm. We focus both on individuals and what I see to be key to this new realm of uh, business ventures, the entrepreneur and the small business owner. So year round, we offer both taxation and accounting services to those small business owners. And then also year-round for those individuals, we also offer taxation services and at best what we could offer in regards to financial guidance. Great. So um, this is a little bit different. We're coming up upon tax season. So I know, thank you for taking the time today because I know you're really... But um, but I also think it's a great time to talk to our listeners and give them some tips for their tax filings that are coming up. So um, this year is a little bit different, but let's start out with just regularly, what are some of the deductions and tax credits that parents in particular need to be aware of to make sure that they um, can take advantage of those? Sure. And I agree this tax year has been very busy and and a lot different with some of the new legislation that has come on board and enacted from 2020. And even that, that's scheduled to come hopefully in this new uh, administration. But those um, uh, recurring type of uh, benefits to parents, of course, having their children as uh, dependents is primarily what we call child tax credits. So with the uh, TCGA Act, which was a newer act with the last administration that was put in place, that child tax credit has increased to $2,000 per child, which could either be one or two things. If your child is under 17, and for this tax year, that means they had to be under 17 at the end of 2020, uh, parents will be able to pretty much deduct $2,000 per child um, from their taxable income or from their tax, I should say, excuse me, from their tax. Granted that they are able to get their tax down maybe to zero, then they may also be able to take the benefit of what's called an additional child tax credit, um, which could also be beneficial and potential refund. Uh, Another one is what most parents may have heard of if they're under 
the $57,000 threshold, whether it's the individual parent, had a household parent, or combined income for a married felon together, that's the earned income credit, which is actually a credit benefit, meaning no lowering of the tax, no lowering of the taxable income, but this is actually uh, refund potential directly to the taxpayer. Another one, which most of us have as parents, I'm one of them, is childcare expenses. So this is a, a big, big expense, which I, right? <laughs> yeah, which I think, you know, a lot of parents at some point may think, oh, you know, my child is a little bit older. I don't really have to worry about, you know, calculating what their childcare expenses, but after school, you know, even in the 2020 pandemic year, if you had a caregiver come into the home and help assist with homework and things of that nature, calculating and totaling that dollar amount is super important. It's a percentage base of up to $3,000. So it could be as high as 35% of that 3K per child or as low as 20% for that same 3K per child. And it's pretty much based on your adjusted gross income. Okay. And what are the, uh, are, are, is there a certain um, level of income that the child tax credit or these um, deductions for childcare expenses where they phase out and they're not about? That's a good question. For both the child tax credit and for childcare expenses, there's no particular zero phase out, meaning you could make X amount of dollars upwards of million bucks if you're so blessed to be able to have that. And you'll still be able to take both of those credits. Now, the earned income credit is generally for your lower uh, income wage earners. And like I said, that threshold it's about 57K if you're married, Fallon, together. So a little bit lower, but shouldn't be ignored. And if Shannon, I could add one more that I think is really, really key, and it's a recurrent one, which is the college savings. And so then as a New Yorker and for a client base, though we work with clients all across the U.S., but primarily our clients are New Yorkers, we definitely give the financial awareness to guide the taxpayer to begin a college savings plan, and if they're utilizing the New York 529 plan specifically, then they're able to lower their overall taxable income with the contributions that they make per child up to 10K with respect to the dollar amounts throughout the year if they have either already started or would begin a college savings plan within the year to help them lower. And again, it's at the state level, so that's really key. For any other, you know, residents, you could see if your state has something comparable to that. But for those New York State residents, we we absolutely encourage them to go and review the New York 529 plan versus the other plans that are out there so that they could be able to take advantage of the tax savings. Right. Yeah, that's a big one that I think a yeah. lot of parents aren't aware of. Um, yeah. but it's, it's really, I mean, New York State taxes are no joke. So if you live in New York City, you also know you have the local tax component, too, that's, you know, imposed upon you for the benefit of living in New York City. But as once a city dweller and now living out, you know, in Suffolk County, it's a big difference. So that's a that's a big saver for um, you know parents with children and and even grandparents, aunts, uncles, godmoms, anybody can pretty much go and open up a college savings plans for their loved ones. Of course, they're you know the little one loved ones. 
and and that's to their benefit. So yeah, so I think um, the college savings. Uh, the deduction for college savings in New York is can be a really big benefit uh, for parents who are contributing to a 529 plan. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that works? Sure. So um, you're able to pretty much deduct up to $10,000 from your New York tax taxable income. And that's for couples who are married, found together. Or if you're single or had a household, then you're able to deduct up to a max of $5,000 of total contributions that you would have made to a New York 529 plan. Great. Well, I know that can be really beneficial because New York state taxes uh, can be pretty harsh. Pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Especially so, if you're uh, a local resident. So then that really helps because then that helps lower both for, you know, but local taxes too that would be imposed on your New York City dwellers. And then that money is growing tax-free as well, right? Yeah. So you're kind of getting yeah. benefit on both ends, which is great. Exactly. So if you're pulling the dollar when it's time for your, you know, your child to go or if it's your grandchild or your niece or nephew, you're able to pretty much pull that dollar amount tax-free and they would apply it to their college tuition or college room board, college books things of that nature. Yep. Great. Okay. So I think that's really nice. And that, that that's just a, a great benefit that you, you want to try to take advantage of each year if you're, if you're able to afford to make that contribution. Sure. And I would say even if it's the smallest of amounts, so the New York 529 plan, you could start with as little as $25 to open up the account. And, you know, it helps lower your overall taxable income. I usually tell parents, even just the beginning could help you lower and can maybe contribute to either lower tax bill or higher refund potential at the state level. Great. And I think what you mentioned before as well, that you can have like an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, they can get this benefit as well. Yep. That is true. And they're allowed to, you know, do so even if that child has an account with their parent as well. I usually encourage, you know, people, hey, you don't have to buy the physical gifts. The money in the card, if you say put it to the child's 529 plan, that's what we'll do. And we'll do it on behalf. And then generally, like the taxpayer gets to do that, too. So it's almost like the child helps um, start their own or contributes to their own college savings. Yeah, that's that's I think we you know it, it's probably much better uh, use of the money than. Um, additional. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the, I don't know if the child is going to say that. So usually maybe we'll split like, we'll it. Like, what happened to my money from the car? Uh, it went to your college savings. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, no, but I I agree. They'll I thank agree. you later. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> there was one thing that I wanted to go over because I think this is okay. really confusing to a lot of people. Is okay. have a child care or a child tax credit. And then we have some things that are deductions, like the um, contributions to the college savings plan. Yes. What is the difference between a tax credit and a tax deduction? Oh, good question. So tax deductions are usually able to lower your overall taxable income. And so then that contributes to the income that then becomes the tax amount that you're based upon. What is then what you owe or, you know, or what's to be already paid out if you have withholdings. 
So that would be your tax deduction. A tax credit is generally dollar amounts, in this case, you know, a dollar amount that's given back to you in the form of a credit. And so then that could either lower your overall tax bill. And for example, if you had $100,000 of gross income and your tax was $20,000, you would have a tax credit applied to the $20,000. If it was $100,000 of gross income and you had a tax deduction, then it would pretty much lower your taxable amount. And let's say it's the same $20,000, now your adjusted gross income would be $80,000. I hope that clarifies it. Yeah. So what I'm understanding is that a tax credit is like a dollar for dollar reduction in your taxes. Yes. But the tax deduction is like a reduction in your taxable income. So it That's ends up being like a, you know, a 30% or something of, of what the tax tax would and be. Usually, yep. And usually it's the dollar amount. So that's a better way to put it, Shannon. True layman terms. Sometimes that gets a little, you know, bothered by me where I completely talk tax lingo, but I'm usually good at making sure I explain to the client in pure layman terms. But that's it. That's exactly it. Okay. So it's better to have a tax deduction or tax credit than it is to have a tax deduction. I mean, granted that you are eligible for tax credit, which is not always the most easiest, you know, that's not the easiest thing to do because generally tax credits are limited to the extent of the amount of income. I say it's being aware of both. Uh, lowering your overall taxable income. Since here in the US, we have a tier level tax system that could be to your advantage. If you could lower your taxable income by say five to 10 grand, it may bring you down into a whole nother tax bracket than you otherwise would have been. So um, basically, we want to take advantage of everything that we can. Of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> That's true. And just to clarify, on the New York 529 plan, it is correct. It is $10,000 per, excuse me, per child for the New York, for the married filing jointly and $5,000 if you're a head of household or somebody single who's claiming it. Okay, great. Um, glad we, we clarified that. So what are the things that, so, so we talked about like the specific things that our parents um, want, may want to claim and be eligible for like the child tax credit and the childcare expenses. Um, what other things are just common for yes. uh, for families to make really sure to take advantage yeah. of deductions? Good, to be good question. So just so I don't forget, though this is um, not so much of a common one, because though a lot of us do donate to charities throughout the year, if we don't get an opportunity to itemize our deductions, which have truly been limited even for the homeowners nowadays with the limitation on your real estate taxes. And for us New Yorkers, New Jersey, you know, those in New Jersey and Connecticut where we generally would have higher real estate taxes, those have been limited to 10,000. So both any state income tax you pay out, we talked about New York state, local, that would have been tallied with your real estate taxes these new SALT laws or state and local tax laws now are limited to 10,000. That started in uh, 2017. Yeah, 2017. So what I wanted to bring up was the uh, charitable contributions. So most of us donate to charity and that's great, but generally we don't always get the opportunity to use it as a tax deduction. With uh, the CARES Act, 
that was pretty much enacted in 2020. For this tax year, you're able to take what's called an above the line charitable contribution. This is one of those dollar amounts that you're able to lower your overall taxable income. The max amount is 300, but I truly encourage all taxpayers to take advantage of it. Um, because again, whether we donate to our favorite charity, you know, if it's for your for the pets or, you know, things like that, a lot of times we, oh, it's 25 bucks or it's 50 bucks. It adds up throughout the year. This is the time where you don't ignore your charity, you know, your charitable contribution. So though not the norm, but for this tax year, that has been part of the CARES Act enacted. Um, but some of the more normal ones, and I know, you know, people who own a home look at the opportunity to take their mortgage interest as a deduction. That's a big one. You should still consider your real estate taxes as part of your deductions. These are dollar amounts that would be considered itemized. So you would have to know specifically what those dollar amounts are. And you should be getting tax documents that identify those. A, a bigger one to me, which is a lot of times most taxpayers either are not aware that they're eligible or they just haven't taken advantage of it, but it's the individual retirement account contributions. So especially for those who don't otherwise contribute to their employer's 401k or 403b plan, you still have to be in a certain income range, but you are able to contribute up to $6,000 into your establish a new one, or if you already have one, a traditional IRA which can give you an incremental twofold. It can help you lower your overall taxable income and also maybe make you, and can qualify you for a retirement contribution credit. Pretty lengthy to explain all the details, but I would encourage you to either seek a tax professional. You know, if you're that self-fowler, uh, you could talk to our firm, talk to your tax accountants and, and truly get to see if you are one of those um, you know, qualifying individuals. And it could also be for the married couple whose spouse may already contribute to their company's, you know, retirement account, but the, you know, the other spouse doesn't. And so then the other spouse may be eligible for it. Okay. So even kids, if you're like a stay-at-home parent, that oh, yes. you might be able More to, yes. uh, yep. to contribute. So, okay. So, so that's great. Um, and so in terms of the, so the main changes in terms of for filers for the year 2020, um, the uh, the charitable deduction that has been kind of enhanced for yep. filers for this year, and um, and anything else that has been is different this year than it was previously. Yeah. So again, um, I you know I, I want to make sure I can get them covered. So I'll be as high level, but these are things that if you are not already, even if you are hearing about it, or if you did a quick Google search, I, I must encourage you to see tax professional assistance or your tax accountant in going over, you know, some of these next things I'll, I'll list. And th the first one, I'll take this one first, since we were talking about uh, contributing to, you know, your retirement. So if you already have a retirement plan that you've been contributing to via your employer, or even if it was an IRA that you had, and in 2020 being such, you know, a, a tumultuous year for mostly everyone, if you were, or you did take a distribution, because it is considered to be a pandemic year, 
or a disaster year for taxation purposes, the coronavirus actually has its own disaster identifier on this year's tax filings at the federal and or state level, where if you took that distribution, you're able to defer some of that distribution total over the next two years. So you have a total of three years to, uh, in this case, include the entire retirement income or distribution income onto you know, the future tax years, which could be a huge tax break for you know, some of those individuals that was forced to utilize some of their retirement to pretty much make ends meet if you needed to. And was there any, because uh, I think usually there's a penalty on withdrawing from your retirement early. Yep. yep. And I was leading to that this year. Again, you should be identifying that, you know, even if you're 59 and a half and younger, which is generally when the 10% penalty is imposed on those distributions, you were taking out that distribution for a pandemic purposes. I mean, there's some fine lines, you know, to make sure that you are adhering to the appropriate tax guidelines, which is why. I truly stress that you should be seeking some professional assistance and making sure that you're reporting that information correctly. But from a high level, that 10% penalty is waived, which is another great savings, you know, in this particular year. Right. Yeah, it sounds like it. So another thing about this year is that uh, a lot of people have not had the same um, working situations as they previously yeah. had. Um, I know a lot of people have maybe left the city to stay with family members or they're just working remotely, which may not be in the state where they usually work. Yeah. What do people need to know about their situation? I, I mean, how how is this being handled from a, a tax perspective? Because I, I feel like a lot of people are going to have much um, more complex tax returns than they they previously had, and they might not know where they're even. Where, yeah, that that's a good question, and I'll be honest with you, because here in the U.S., each state has its own tax rules and guidelines. You must adhere to your state's tax rulings and tax guidelines and laws, uh, and and that truly is dependent upon what is considered to be your resident state. You know, at best, I can tell you, you know, for those who did the work from home, and and most of us did, is if you did incur certain types of expenses that you needed to be able to work, uh, you know, efficiently at home. So if that was buying a new computer, you know, I know a lot of us brought a lot of um, uh, lighting and things of that nature to be able to make sure we can see each other better more audio, uh, even the use of your home. So if you dedicated that one space in the living room and you could equate, you know, a a square footage amount to that, you should be thinking about those things. And whether you're a renter here in New York City, as most of us are, you know, New York City dwellers, or if you're a homeowner, and then some of those applicable expenses just in the upkeep of your home may be tax deductible at the state level which is very, very key. So no longer are you able to deduct unreimbursable or home office expense at the federal level, with the exception of a few you know, different types of individuals. And, and for the most part, we don't, as you know, regular employee-employee relationships don't fall into that category. So at the state level, for some states, New York is one of them, 
where you're able to deduct home office expense. And it's, it's, a, it's more than just a little bit of calculation. You definitely have to be super detailed with respect to, you know, sum it up for the time frame that you were pretty much home based and to seeing if whether or not those dollar amounts may also help lower your overall state taxable income. You know, again, not to say that a self-preparer couldn't assist or couldn't, you know, do this on their own, but I would say seek professional assistance just to make sure you're adhering to your state's tax law, especially with that um, one particular deduction. But it's beneficial. Great. So that actually brings me, I, I know you have mentioned a couple of times how important it is to seek professional advice on these issues. Are there any circumstances where it's not a bad idea to file yourself online, like through TurboTax or one of these? Yeah. So I, when I thought I was thinking of this because I'm one of these, you know, tax accountants that say, you know, if you're a self-preparer, that's how I started. You know, I don't know how old am I? You'd be like, how, how many years ago? 20 plus years ago, my mom let me file her taxes, you know, pretty much because the idea was I was graduating from high school with a business, you know, from a business high school. And then she knew I was heading off to college. And she's like, all right, let's see what you could do. you know, And let's figure it out. She reviewed it and it was good to go. It was still paper filing then. So I, I don't, I don't, you know, discourage those who would like to handle their own tax preparation. However, when you have new legislation and new tax rules, especially for the 2020 tax year and the upcoming 2021 tax year, because we have the new administration perhaps maybe imposing some different tax implications on parents, especially with children, um, with this new bill that's expected to be passed, hopefully, knock on some wood, you, you may want to make sure that you are completely up to date on these new tax laws, which, you know, your tax professional and your tax accountants take pride in knowing these tax laws and learning them throughout the year. For our firm, for myself, it's a continual professional education credit. I have to do it, right? And so then the goal is to be able to convey that knowledge to our clients. And that's super important for us to know that our clients are knowledgeable. And so then again, you know, I don't push you not to do it, but I think it will take a lot more time to make sure that you're not just relying on the software to give you your best results, which normally for self-preparers, they are, you know, they're relying on the tax software to give them the best results, which is normally Q&A, you know, ask you a question, you answer it. You answer it one way, it may give you a different, you know, pathway to get to your end in filing versus another way. Yeah, I hope that answers that. Yeah, and I think, um, like you said, you you also help your clients with some financial decisions as well. So there are things that are, uh, I think, like you were saying, like if you're just putting into the software, you may not think about. Yeah. But if you have an accountant, then you're able to, uh, they're able to give you a heads up beforehand. Like maybe it's a good idea to. Uh, make a contribution to a 529 plan or to a retirement account or something like that. So then they can get the benefit of of some of these uh, tax breaks. 
Yeah. And if I, if we have time, there was one thing that I, I really wanted to stress. <laughs> and so then, and it was the one thing I didn't get to say throughout, you know, our questions, but in the back of my mind, it kept coming up, which is for those parents who have the teenager who's still at home. And so then I say teenager because, you know, 17 year old, 18 year old is still in high school for the most part. However, with the CARES Act and the stimulus payments that was pretty much, you know, given to taxpayers and then an incremental dollar amount for their children, those parents who had the 17-year-old, you know, at the end of 2019 and older who was still considered their dependent because they're in college, and it also could have been like your parent, maybe a sibling you know, something of that nature, depending upon your tax situation, you know, and your household dynamics, those individuals were not given to the best of my knowledge. And I know this to be true, a stimulus payment. And it was simply because they were a dependent who was too old to qualify as a child. And because someone claimed them, they didn't establish themselves as being, you know, independent in their own tax situation. I am encouraging, you know, parents to pretty much take a look at the situation that they have for tax purposes and to really seek and see if it is more advantageous for your 20-year-olds, as an example, to file their own tax return this year. You forego the dependent relationship because even the upcoming stimulus payment, I'm not going to again, they would have to establish themselves as not being a dependent. And though that legislation hasn't been final and written, that's to the best of my knowledge based on the prior act. In order for them to be, you know, given in this case, the new dollar amount or the new stimulus amount that's stand to come out. And that may have been a lot, but here's again why I would stress, you know, seeking some professional assistance this tax year. Even if you've already filed your taxes, it's something that you should, circle back and if necessary, amend. Great. I think that's great advice. And, um, and I think we can wrap up for today. I wish we, I feel like we could talk much longer. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This was, this was great. I appreciate it. Great. It was great having you, Tarika. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you again to Tarika Mills from T3 Accounting Services for helping us better understand our taxes. For more information on legal and financial planning or to join our free community, please visit us at thesavvyparent.us.